everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Mayfair Podcast. I'm Andrew. And this is Josh. And it is, what is it today? Thursday, April 13th. 13th. So close to a Friday the 13th. Yep. And Lee is out of town. Lee has dragged his family down to Florida for the Star Wars celebration. So today's episode will be rated G. (laughs) (laughs) If you're listening with your children, you have less of a chance of having to cover their ears because Lee is not in the building. Yeah, he's been off the radar, so I haven't got any updates yet. Maybe even it hasn't happened yet, right? I guess it starts tomorrow. I haven't seen much. The the only thing he posted on Instagram was this scary-looking photo of a bunch of people waiting in this giant space almost like you know when there's like a flood in a city and everyone everyone ends up at like a stadium it kind of looked like that was it like it was a lineup for like ten thousand people waiting to meet in in sleeping bags oh my god my dedicated fans yeah my closest experience to that was i went to san diego comic-con a couple years in a row about 10 years ago yeah and i think it's only gotten bigger since then and it's just mind-blowing like you can tell people how many people are there but it's more than going to a hockey game it's more than going to a concert it's it's you say oh 20,000 people that's a lot of people 40,000 people that's a lot of people yeah but at these big events at theme parks or comic conventions it's like hundreds of thousands of people Mm -hmm. and I wonder how many people are at this thing yeah I don't know but it's it's the same as going to a theme park where you have to schedule a bulk of your day to just being in line. Yeah. And the fun part. An autograph used to mean, oh, I bumped into somebody at a, a yeah. movie theater or I, I after the baseball game, I got my baseball autograph, that kind of thing. Whereas nowadays, an autograph is I waited in line. And paid and, $40. Yeah, and paid a fort if you're lucky, $40. People just go to do that. And if you look at I've heard stories about the Avengers guys, which I can't imagine how much that costs. But you go get your picture taken with Captain America and Thor and Loki. But supposedly all those guys are really cool and will do little gags with you. But then, mm-hmm. I forget the actor, but somebody did one because, you know, the social media age we live in. Somebody posted a hundred photos of this person getting a picture with all their fans, and it was just the same photo. Don't touch me, no eye contact, over and over and over again. It's like again. that Simpsons episode where Bart is his assistant, Krusty oh, the yeah. Clown's assistant, yeah. and he's 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 signing autographs for him while he's well, Krusty sits in the corner smoking a cigarette. Like yeah. Go over there. Yeah, I, I met very briefly, got to meet and got an autograph from Bruce Campbell. Mm-hmm. But it was, they were doing a panel, this is how long ago this was, they were doing a panel for the DVD release of Briscoe County Jr., Okay, which is a really awesome show. And at the end of the panel, they said, Bruce and everybody's going to be downstairs at the Warner Brothers booth autographing, but they've only got like an hour. And I did oh, this boy. Ferris Bueller run, pushing <laughs> over people, jumping over turnstiles. And I got to this line, and the guy behind me, they have these kind of fun word balloon signs that say, last in line. So that was the last guy in line. But people didn't listen, and they just kept lining up. And the poor volunteers were like, we only have so much time and space. You're not going to get an autograph past this. I don't know why you're wasting your time. Go do something else fun. And people were just in denial. Good luck. And by the time I got up there, Bruce Campbell was great. But you made it in line. I made it in line. And I just, I basically got to say, it's a pleasure to meet you, Bruce. And I had my badge on that said Josh. And he said, it's a pleasure to meet you, Josh. And I had this like Beatles moment of just kind of screaming. And, but he was very nice, chatted with him for about 60 seconds. He was nice enough to sign uh, a wedding card for my friends, Mm -hmm. a nice little thing. He signed his book and that was it. 
And in those situations, I've also met Guillermo del Toro was there and Doug yeah. Jones were there. This was for Pan's Labyrinth. But it's this small little window you get. But I'd rather have that or just a nice little story than I paid $200. I waited in line for five yeah. hours. I had 30 seconds. And as much as I love William Shatner, I've heard horror stories about that of like, you get up in line, you say, I'm a big fan. And he kind of... He's like, yeah, whatever, thanks. Yeah, whatever. Signs, you're done. Yeah. And so like, you don't really get a story you know, oh, I got this autographed picture on the wall. This one time, William Shatner wouldn't make eye contact with me. And, you know, it, it's a well, weird... I think when, the, when, you, when you're doing that, when you're doing the convention circuit, I think it just gets really tedious. Oh, yeah. You're just meeting people, like hundreds of people a day. You're just signing your name. Think yeah. of, it's great for the fans, but for the person, it's probably just like, ugh. Oh, and, I, and I've seen it kind of... What time's lunch? People who seem to be still having a good time. And some people are, some people are, are very gracious. Oh, yeah. I think the key is you can have a good time if you have something else to do. Like when Nate Fillion's there, he's got a job. He's going to do a TV show or a movie, so he's meeting his fans. His bread and butter isn't relying on these autographs. Sometimes, unfortunately, now some of these genre stars, this is it. Their job is to give autographs. Yeah. And that's when it gets really tough and, and you see people who are naive to it and somebody comes up and it's like, oh, can I get an autograph on this DVD for my kid? And yeah. they're like, $40. Yeah. And there's a mindset, and I get both sides of the story, but there's a mindset where you're like, well, I'm supporting you already. I bought this DVD. I paid to yeah. get into the convention. I got to give you more money. And there's still a lot that's, of people yeah, that's, who don't. That's, yeah, they're, that, they're making money off the autographs. That's why they're there. Yeah, and I've seen, <clears throat> I've seen great things like when Ray Park basically did like a martial arts Darth Maul exhibition. Like he just went out to the crowd and started doing backflips and stuff. So he, yep. was, he was having lots of fun. On the opposite, what's the actor's name? I believe is Robert Picardo. He's a Star Trek actor, yeah. amongst other yeah, things. Yeah, and he's in a lot of Joe Dante movies. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Lots of stuff. He was, I forget if it was Ottawa or Toronto or Montreal, but one convention I was at the past couple of years. And it was like, to the right and left of him were people having a blast and taking pictures. And it was like, you yeah. know, somebody like Kevin Smith on the left and Nate Fillion on the right. And people were hugging and telling stories and having a great old time. And he was sitting in the middle and he had a very kind of Hollywood scarf and beret look going. <laughs> and nothing. No lineup. Just him and his yeah. volunteer assistant sitting there. And I happened to be sitting within eyeshot selling my wares, selling my comic book, a few booths over, a few aisles over. And I just happened to be in eye line with him. And so I saw him for like three days. And I made more money than he did. I oh, know. And, and I felt so bad for him because this poor guy's come from maybe California, yeah. and he's maybe, you think of it at its best. He's like, I'm going to meet some fans, sign some autographs, yeah. have a fun weekend. And he just sat there with nothing. It's and, a terrible experience for a lot of people. That must be so crushing. That must be so... They just they probably just feel like, oh, I'm a mannequin here, you know? Yeah, because like when, when Nathan Fillion or, or one of the Doctor Whos or somebody walks out on stage for a Q&A, it's like a standing ovation and people crying and cheering and real hero worship. The opposite when, and I know, I believe in like Hollywood, they have autograph conventions, but it's like, I'm the guy who was in the Munsters 40 years ago and hasn't done much since then. Mm -hmm. So it's people, a whole convention center of kind of sad people. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. and I've seen that kind of stuff too. And it's a, it's a weird evolution because Comic-Cons used to be about comic books or hockey cards. Even. Yeah. Yeah. And now they're, and now they're it's autographs. The movie industry got involved because of all the comic book movies. Yeah. So, you know, I think there's a lot of resentment from yeah. the purists. Yeah, and it's tough because, like, if that's... I've, I've never been to a convention. Ever? No, eh? No. I might go to Comic-Con this year to meet George Romero. Yes. But other than that, I, it's just not something that interests me, lining up and... 
My name dropping for George Romero is my friend Tom Fowler is designing for comic. I think it's, I believe it's for Comic Con slash the Clock Tower here in town. Uh, a beer. So he's doing the logo for like a zombie beer, mm-hmm. a George Romero brand zombie beer. So Tom might get to do like a signing with George Romero. Oh, cool. So if that happens, I might try to go and hang out because mm-hmm. George, I think, doesn't he live in Toronto? Or yeah. He does, yeah. Yeah, he's a citizen now, I think. He like gave up on the States, right? Yeah, I think he moved to Toronto because, you know, that's where a lot of the filmmaking is. Yeah. A lot of the production. So he's, he's made like his last like four or five movies here. Yeah. So I guess it was just practical for him to be in Toronto. Yeah. He did a couple of comic books. One was called toe tags yeah and one was called it was if i remember correctly it was another of the living dead Mm -hmm. and they were both really good Mm -hmm. and you look at them and i know it's so hard especially for the older guys it's so hard to get stuff done nowadays Mm -hmm. somebody make this into a tv show somebody do this the the last one started bleeding into like vampire mythology as well with the zombies and and they're published by dc comics so that's kind of a big foot in right there with warner brothers or whatever but i think now like those are things that he might have done as a movie 25 years ago but now it's like anything it's it's it seems to be a young person's game more and more Mm -hmm. and when you get to a certain age as a filmmaker you're not that it's always bad but kind of relegated to tv or relegated like joe dante i believe has been directing some stuff for the dc comics things Mm -hmm. i think he did like a legends of tomorrow yeah he might have done a flash but yeah so it's still work it's still cool but He's They're Joe, not doing $10 million movies for Warner Brothers. Anymore. Yeah, it's very unlikely that Joe Dante or John Landis will do a Gremlins-type movie anymore. No. They're probably done. That's why the Mad Max thing has been so great, where this mm-hmm. senior citizen filmmaker has got to do this big project. And yeah, it's amazing. Like, if that was, you know, they could have given that to some young hack, but it was George Miller's thing, so even that now, made it all the more amazing, you know? Like, I think they're doing good stuff, but the guy who runs Marvel, Kevin Feige, he's only like 45, mm-hmm. I think. So the, this classic movie view of the Hollywood icon is a big fat cat smoking a cigar. They're younger guys now, too. So I think it's same with acting, where it's like you see actors of a certain age doing TV projects or going back to Broadway or something like that. And just because there's no room, sadly. And, and there's no... Um, when, when Jennifer Lawrence is the veteran and she's like 25 years old and has four Oscar nominations, yeah. it's a very strange thing. Yeah. But yeah, so anyhow, off topic yet again. <laughs> but yeah, so I'm looking forward to having Lee back because I want to hear all the stories. I'm hoping he gets to bump into yeah, Mark Hamill. Yeah, he's going to meet Forrest Whitaker at least and Felicity Jones. And that's, man, to go back to it, that's crazy enough in itself to think that these Oscar winner nominee type actors are going to a geek convention to sign autographs yeah. to people dressed as Yoda for two days. Yeah. <laughs> it's very interesting. Well, they're probably getting mad paychecks for it. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah, there's a whole algorithm of the reason they charge so much money is because if they make enough, then the con doesn't have to pay them. But if they don't make their minimum, then the con has to chip in thousands of dollars. Oh, really? It's a, like, I was naive to it till recently somebody told me about it. Like, say the number is $25,000. So if William Shatner at selling autographs for 50 bucks a piece makes $25,000 the con gets away with not having to pay as much to him but if it's a slow convention then they got to pay a chunk it's really weird Mm -hmm. whereas I think traditionally I remember going to see Nichelle Nichols at Lansdowne years ago maybe like 1990 something like that and it was however much it cost to get in say it was like 20 bucks and that was it and then you got to you know they screened a bunch of trailers they had some q a's you got to walk around and look at some merch nichelle nichols did a speech for an hour and then she signed autographs to everybody and it was like a one day 10 a.m till 6 p.m thing and that was a convention so you're like okay for that 20 bucks that paid for her appearance fee and that paid for mm-hmm. her flight and that paid for yeah. the security and the organizers and 
it all made sense. Now you pay 50 bucks to get in and you pay for your autographs and it's just, it's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I've, I, I get to be nerd pompous now that I'm slightly <laughs> on the other side of the table where yeah. I don't go unless I'm going to sell my wares so I don't have to like stand in line if I get invited. My friend does a convention out in Moncton so I have an excuse to go there every summer and sneak into Ottawa here every summer. So it's just too expensive, especially if you're just going to buy comic books and that's less and less of a thing now <laughs> in uh, comic conventions. Because of the death of print? Yeah. But, uh, okay, let's get on track here. So we're talking about April 14th to April 20th, a bunch of stuff. We were going to have a couple of friends from House of Targ today and they both had to back out. So I felt like a talk show. Oh no, we lost our booking at the last minute. Yeah, they had to go make pierogies. Yeah. So I'm going to chat with him tomorrow. So that might be our episode next week, depending on how long I chat with those guys. Mm-hmm. Because we do know our schedule next week, so I'll save that to talk about that on the next episode. We just got a head start on that because of Easter Easter weekend. Mm-hmm. So if you look online, if you if you're listening to this around April 14th, you can check out the next two weeks of movies. Starting this week, we have the Ottawa premiere of All These Sleepless Nights. Yeah, this is like a uh, Danish film, or no? I'm sorry, I didn't realize it was a documentary. It's one of those no, movies. No, it's not a documentary. Oh, it's, it's not a, a documentary. No, See, okay, in the trailer, it it's says, about young art students. It's like blurring the line of documentary and feature. Really? So I'm still confused. It might be one of those shot documentary style, but kind of pushed in a certain direction kind of thing. It's basically like a coming of age story. Yeah. These Polish art students are just trying to... And it looks really pretty. A lot of nighttime shots, a lot of like kind yeah, of nighttime. Yeah, flowing camera. It's got, yeah. I think it's got kind of a Terrence Malick look and feel to it. It's the kind of thing where... The trailer's really cool. The ongoing, whenever a, a, a filmmaker or a cinemaphile talks about film versus digital, you can point at movies like this to be like, well, a movie like this would be much more difficult to film on film because of just the cameras and you got to change a film reel every 10 minutes or whatever. So these kind of movies really favor that of kind of running up and down stairways with a smaller hell nowadays like a a phone to film on it. But it, lo- yeah. it looks very that it looks very modern and flowing yeah. and that kind yeah. of thing. So yeah, all these sleepless nights is an Ottawa premiere starting on the fourteenth. Another Ottawa premiere which was filmed, if not filmed in Ottawa, at least Kentville, filmed locally, filmed nearby, yeah. produced locally is it's. Under a few different titles, but we have it as The Black Coat's Daughter. That's its theatrical release version. And it's a... Is it a horror film? A thriller? It's a horror film involving, I think, Satanism at a young girl's boarding school. School, Yeah, with a couple of recognizable young actresses, Emma Roberts and Kieran Shipka. Kieran was in Mad Men. Okay. uh, The girl in Mad Men, and she's already... A grown-up practically now. Mm-hmm. Emma Roberts. I know her because I was watching the show. Always she's hate- Eric Roberts' daughter. daughter. And Julia's <laughs> niece. Yeah. Yeah. And she's... I was watching the show because I'm a horror movie nerd. Scream Queens with... Okay, yeah. And it's it's got all kinds of different kind of horror tie-ins to it. But Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. It's weird because it, you would think it's kind of connected to Scream. But Scream has its own TV show. Emma Roberts stars in Scream Queens, which is a more kind of campy soap opera horror TV kind of thing. But that's where I know her from. Black Coat's daughter was shot nearby and the producer will be on hand to do an introduction and a Q&A after the film and I've had a number of people say comment that they were extras in it or on the crew uh, yeah. a good friend of mine was, worked on the costume department in it so she's excited to come to get to see it on the big screen mm-hmm. here because it's one of those movies that we were getting a lot of requests for I remember Lee saying actually we commented on this on the podcast a few weeks ago where Lee said he was getting a bunch of emails and he had, there was confusion because it, it has three different titles. Yeah, and he was like, we're trying to get it, but, you know, they haven't returned our calls yet. Yeah. And it was moments after that podcast went yeah, out. Yeah, we finally we got, got the it. booking, so. 
And I always like getting stuff like that, if only for selfish reasons of if you think we're playing a locally produced movie for a couple nights that a lot of local crew members and actors and extras mm-hmm. were in, they're all going to want to come and see it. Yeah. They're going to want to bring their mom and dad and their husband and wife and their friends. Yeah. So it, it's, it's logical to let a theater like us show it theatrically for a few days. Mm-hmm. And so hopefully that'll turn out well. It should. Movies like that often, you can see the moms and dads all coming out to, to see their, their kids on the big screen or see their kids' names. So. Mm-hmm. so yeah, that should be fun. It's always fun to show something not just Canadian but locally produced. So that's our second premiere this weekend. Our other special event film this week is The Big Lebowski. Yes, this is our second movie night. We, gotta, <laughs> we don't have like a, a succinct title for this, but it's a movie night with Collective Arts Brewing and Correct. The Smoke Shack. Yes. So they're providing food and alcohol. Were you on hand for the David Lynch? Yeah, you weren't here, right? No. So yeah. it, it went really well. They were here for uh, uh, the first screening of the David Lynch documentary and Eraserhead, and it was yeah. a good turnout. Cool. I had a pulled pork. They didn't, uh, they were supposed to bring um, chicken and waffle on a stick, but they had issues with their oh, no. waffle press. Was Lee sad? Was uh, he... Yeah, and I was a little sad too. <laughs> oh. I, was, I was, and the, um, the collective arts beer rep knew that I was excited for it. <laughs> but they did uh, pulled pork sliders instead, and they were cool, delicious. And they, they heat them here, like they're already made, but they, they have like a little heating system. Cool. So yeah, it's like, I was. It's like getting them fresh off the the grill or whatever. But they're yeah, they're like very tender and juicy and. It's such a fun. I'm so glad that this has happened because basically the the behind the scenes of this is is the Smoke Shack somehow got a magical liquor license where they yeah can, they teamed up with uh, yeah Smoke Shack got the liquor license they teamed up with Collective Arts yes and, and they can just do it wherever <clears> they want <throat> yeah which we everyone keeps on asking us about it. It's a pretty simple it. straightforward setup too. Yeah, and it's always tough because like. You know, pretend we had liquor license seven nights a week. On one hand, you're like, okay, that could be good. But the other hand, it just, it opens up this thought of, oh, we need security every night and we need, We didn't have security that night and it wasn't necessary. We're okay, yeah. It was fine. I mean, we might have security for uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski, yeah. Because that might be a, that might be a crazy one. But uh, yeah, no, it was, it it went really smoothly and everyone enjoyed it. Yeah, and and we can do this once or twice a month for ever yeah it's cool and yeah. like with the david lynch documentary it just piggybacked on top of that and then we brought in a racer head special yeah but they can just keep doing that like say whatever if we're showing some a john wick 2 or a train spotting 2 or something like that yeah they can just pick a friday night and be like we're coming in that night and we usually have something of that genre type at least a couple times a month on a friday or a saturday so yeah lee was saying like if they piggybacked onto a six thirty show on a friday or saturday that would yeah go over really well yeah, yeah. Yeah, I missed it just because Gwen really wants to see the David Lynch doc. So we're going to come see it tonight, actually. Mm-hmm. And Eraserhead, I saw here in, like, high school. Yeah. When I was way too young to see it. So I'm, like, Eraserhead scarred for life. It's one of those films where I think it's a classic. I think it's important. But I'm just like, I don't, I can't see it again. It's, it's just, it's so weird. And I love David Lynch. He talks a lot about it in, in the documentary. I, I, I've only seen bits and pieces. But I think he talks a lot about, and there's even behind-the-scenes footage of eraser head like someone, yeah. someone videotaped it cool so you see him directing and he's like super young and yeah has long hair so cool yeah i'm glad know. that went well and i'm looking forward big lebowski it's one of those movies it's funny because some i think lee doesn't like big lebowski or doesn't love it anyhow he's not a cone he's not a big cone brothers guy for me i think you know I, I love it it's tough to throw around perfect 
But for me, I think it's a perfect film. I have no flaws in it. There's no performance I don't like in it. It shouldn't work because the no. plot makes no sense. It's sort of yeah. It's all about the characters and the dialogue. You know? But I just I just love all the guys in it. Yeah. I, I, it's one of the most quotable. It's a quotable movie. It's yeah. one of the most quotable movies ever made. And like I fell madly in love with Julianne Moore in that movie. Yeah. And the, yeah. the dance sequence is great. And it's just and it's funny and it's sad and it's. Yeah, and it's it's very Cohen in that when they Cohens, I mean they have more than two, but there's kind of two Cohens. There's the Cohens that do Fargo and No Country for Old Men, and mm-hmm. there's the Cohens that do Hudsucker Proxy, Hail Caesar, Hail Caesar, kind of more campy, more yeah. more musical numbers. And but all their movies have a sense of humor, even though yes. like, there's, there's this really dark sense of humor. Yeah, like cutting in, in, sense of humor in Fargo, which. Spoiler alert on a 22-year-old movie, but on in Fargo, it's hilarious when the guy's shoving a body into a wood chipper. Yeah. <laughs> and the, yeah, so I'm looking forward. I'm hopefully going to come and see that again. It's one of those films, too, that of its time was not a big hit and really has picked up momentum to be a classic, like a lot of movies. It didn't, I don't think it was big box office wise. I know it didn't get any awards like the Oscars or anything like that. No, it's cult movie gets, the term cult movie gets bandied about a lot. Yeah. This is essentially a cult movie because it came out, it was their follow-up to Fargo. It flopped. I don't think it got very good reviews. I don't think so, no. And then I guess with video and cable, it found its audience and now there's like a big Lebowski convention every year. Yeah. And there's books written about the film. And I think back in like the VHS days, I think it was... And we've shown it in the past and people come, oh, it's yeah. like Rocky Horror, they come dressed as their favorite character. Yeah. Like last time we had a, we had a bunch of bunch of dudes, a bunch of Walters. Yeah. A Jackie Treehorn. So yeah, we'll see if that happens again. But yeah, it should be fun. So don't know what our next Smoke Shack Collective Arts Brewing Night is yet, but we should have an announcement pretty soon as mm-hmm. we're kind of making our way through April now. So yeah, so that's another special screening, just one night only on the Thursday, April 20th at nine o'clock. So come out, we'll have booze and special food from the Smoke Shack. Then a couple of, well, I always kind of say normal bookings, a couple of newer films, both well, one's a 2017 release. One's recent. One was The Last Word with, with Shirley MacLaine. The great Shirley MacLaine. And Amanda Seyfried. Who I like a lot as well. Shirley MacLaine is just, you know, she's a veteran. She's been mm-hmm. around forever. And you see her in movies. She's had a lot of past lives. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and you see her in movies when she was a kid. These, like, black and white movies. Yeah, The Apartment's fantastic. And you're like, wow, you're still around. You're still yeah. working. So this is a movie where she's playing, I think, an eccentric... What is it, a writer? An, ex- an eccentric businesswoman who's writing her memoirs. Mm-hmm. And it's the, I think, odd couple type story of her teaming up with her ghost writer, a younger writer. And so it's just kind of a nice... I, I think this qualifies as a mum film. This is a movie I could bring my mum to. Yeah. You know? yeah. And it's, it's her being eccentric old Shirley MacLaine, butting heads with the younger writer. Trying did you to see Bernie? I did see Bernie. We oh. showed that, and she's excellent in that. She yes. plays, it's that Richard Linklater movie where she plays that crazy old woman, and yeah. Jack Black becomes her companion and kills her. Yeah, and Matthew McConaughey. That's a movie, too. That If you haven't seen that film, it, oh, it's, so good. it's excellent. Yeah, we screened that, oh my God. A couple of years ago, or two, yeah. 2010, <laughs> whenever that was. Yeah. yeah. So the last word. Uh, the other one is Personal Shopper. With Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart has had a fascinating career for a young woman, mm-hmm. because she did the four or five Twilight films and kind of got a bad reputation of seeming like she wasn't trying that hard, where she was kind of kind of sleepwalking her way through these pop culture, young romance vampire movies. Yeah, now she's kind of, it's like Shia LaBeouf. She's doing these art films now. Yeah. And getting praise for them. And I've seen her in a couple, and I really like her a lot. Mm-hmm. But she's one of those actors, and they're, they're plentiful, 
who seems like can't stand seeing herself on film, mm-hmm. doesn't like the game of going on talk shows or doing interviews. Mm-hmm. So it's this weird thing that she's, she's stumbled into a career where she's pretty famous, where people want to talk to her, and she's in movies, but she doesn't want to talk to you. I've seen her on a couple talk shows where you can tell she's very uncomfortable and mm-hmm. fidgety and saw her on Colbert recently, maybe publicizing this film actually. And yeah, you could tell she was just happy not to happy to get it over with. Mm-hmm. But yeah, she's she did a what was the last mainstream thing she did? She did that Clouds of Sils Maria, which yeah. apparently is really good with Juliet Binoche. That was really good. Yeah, we yeah. had that here. I didn't see it, but it, I, I heard really great things. And then the last like really mainstream thing she did was Snow White. But since then, yeah. I think she's kind of, you know, maybe she'll be back, but she seems to be quite content doing these kind of independent and foreign films. And I think in, for Clouds, I think she won a couple of really big shot awards mm-hmm. over in France, like the, the French Oscar. This, this, and the Big Shot Award. The Big Shot Award. I think that's, <laughs> when you translate it, it's roughly translated to the Big Shot Award. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's always nice because I, I have not seen any of the Twilight films, but... When people go after the... You haven't? Oh I haven't. God. Not in one. It's, it's shocking that I haven't seen at least one of them. Apparently they're great. I wanted to see the last one because it's directed by Bill Condon. Yeah. And I've heard Doug Benson talk about it on Doug Loves Movies where supposedly it's bonkers. Like it just goes crazy soap opera and crazy over-the-top violence. Yeah. And so I'm kind of morbidly curious to see that. But I said, I'll see that when like when Rift Tracks makes fun of it or something. You know, yeah. I'll see it in that that capacity. But... For a young actor to get a gig on Twilight, and then people, same with bands, people are like, oh, you sell out. You're like, no, you're an actor. That's your job. And if you can get a job and make a lot of money over four or five years or six years, however long that was, and then that allows you to go do some plays or go do some independent films, there's no shame in that, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And you look back, you look at any great actor. I love Michael Caine. But Michael Caine was in Jaws 4 and a, yeah. movie, a movie about killer bees. So all actors... <laughs> actors and all. he just called Michael Bay a genius. Yeah. What's, <laughs> no, that was Anthony Hopkins. Oh, oh, that's right. Anthony Hopkins was Sorry, like... Sorry, I'm, I'm mixing up my, my sirs. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, okay, Anthony, it's fine that you're in a new Transformers movie, but you're, you're getting your paycheck. You don't got to lie to us. Yeah. <laughs> the last film... Oh, we have also a couple more films. The 92nd consecutive month... Screening The Room, mm-hmm. 92nd, man, that's insane, coming up this Saturday the 15th at 11.15 p.m. So that's 92. So the countdown continues where December will be our 100th month, mm. which is still so far away. Hopefully the disaster artist will be out by then. That, that's my hope, is that we'd be able to do a, like a non-double bill, but like at 9 p.m. show disaster artist, mm-hmm. and then at 11 p.m. show The Room. Ah, that'd be really cool. And who knows, but we've had now three room alum visit the theater. That's right. So maybe Greg will go on it. Greg's going to be so busy this year, though, but maybe Greg will do another book tour, or maybe he'll be nearby, and I'm, I'm sure if the opportunity arises, he'd drop by again, or one of the other folks might be going to do a convention in Montreal or Toronto and can drop by, but we have no definitive plans to celebrate Room 100 at the moment. Mm-hmm. But it seems like we... We'll could, figure something out. We could and should do something once we... Maybe we can get Guinness Book of Records to come by yeah. and get us put into the Guinness yeah, Book of like, Records. Yeah. I can look into that. I wonder how that works. Because you see, so they, they throw around those records. I've seen like people on talk shows where it's like they do something dumb and then some guy from Guinness walks out and does, says, you just put on the most t-shirts, Drew Barrymore or whatever, you know. So 
I'm, I'm fairly confident we hold the record for the room. And the amount of T-shirts that we wear. And the amount of T-shirts that we wear. So, yeah, we'll see. So, the room coming up for round 92 this Saturday night. So, get your spoons ready and join us for that. The last movie to mention this week is we just have one kids' film booked for the long Easter weekend. So, we'll have matinees of this on Friday and Monday along with the weekend is the Lego Batman movie. Mm -hmm. I saw Lego Batman movie last weekend. It's amazing. I hate to put a movie... You're a big Batman fan. I'm a big Batman fan, but and a big Lego fan. I I love the first Lego Mm -hmm. movie. And I hate to put a movie up on a pedestal too much because then people, it's easier to get your hopes up. But a movie, essentially, from a point of view that would have been greenlit in order to sell toys, has no right to be this good. Yeah. It's very clear that the... All they need to do is sell Lego. Yeah, like this this could have just... It needs to be an infomercial. Yeah, like this could have been Shrek 4. This could have been, well, what's the other one? Like, just, just, you know, like when DreamWorks has their franchises and they get to like part five or six and it's clear that everyone's just kind of sleepwalking through it and the kids like it and it makes $300 million, but it, it's just, there's nothing there. But this Lego Batman movie, besides from being filled with all kinds of great actors and fun action scenes, it's really intelligent, very like heartwarming and has character development and you learn a valuable lesson at the end. And it's the best Batman movie I've seen in a long mm. time. I'm in the minority. I'm not a big fan of the Chris Nolan stuff. Yeah. But this Lego Batman movie, just it's fascinating to think that... I remember when I saw Lego movie, the Lego movie. I saw it here. And somehow I managed to see it without knowing too much about it. And so even by the time it got to us, I was still kind of hemming and hawing whether I was going to see it or not. And it just blew me away. And now that they've spun off a Batman movie, and just that, like the pitch itself, like we're going to do... A Lego animated movie starring Batman, and it's going to be a tribute to every Batman that came before it, and it's going to have all this great music in it and all these great actors, and it's going to be crazy well-reviewed, way more than any other kids' movie that's out right now. Mm -hmm. It's just weird. And their next movie is, I forget the subtitle, but it's like a Lego... Oh, the ninja one? Ninja one. Jackie Chan? Yeah. Yeah. So they're doing a Jackie Chan ninja movie with Lego, Mm -hmm. and that's probably going to be great too, so it's... The guys who are the kind of the masterminds behind it, uh, Miller, Miller and Lord. Mm-hmm. The 21 Jump Street guys. I think they're just on this run of accomplishing the impossible. The Lego movie shouldn't have been good. 21 Jump Street shouldn't have been good. And now they're doing the Han Solo prequel movie, mm-hmm. which shouldn't be good. Which shouldn't be good. <laughs> but it's probably going to be really good. So, yeah. So do come and check out the Lego Batman movie. That's our kid offering coming up for some matinees this Easter weekend, if you have time between family obligations and Mm -hmm. looking for Easter eggs. And yeah, so that is, we actually managed to have an episode where we talked about (laughs) the movies (laughs) that we're screening all the way through. So yeah, we do have next week up online. I will hold off on talking about that right now. But it's up there, mayfairtheater.ca. Yeah. We're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. And we're on Snapchat. Oh, that's right. I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. I don't. That's not in my wheelhouse. But uh, I was standing. Anya, one of our yeah uh, head managers, is uh, spearheading that one. It was a, it was like a week ago or two weeks ago, and I was standing in the candy bar after a movie, just chatting. And she said, "Oh, can you spread the word that we're on Snapchat?" And they caught me looking at her like an old man sitting in my rocking chair on the front lawn. And I was just like Snapchat, and they laughed at me because I'm old and didn't know what a snapchat was i kind of know what a snapchat is yeah but it's i don't really know yeah, what a snapchat not, is i'm not i've tried it but it's not really instagram's enough for me yeah i think our social media has peaked with you kind of i don't think anyone wants to see me 
look look like a reindeer. Is that what oh, Snapchat no. is? Is Maybe. that what it is? Yeah. We're going to sound All like... All those filters? Old, yeah. I think it's also... Is it the one that it just goes up for a little bit? So it's like a video of Anya saying, Hey, yeah. we've got the last screening of David Lynch, The yeah. Art Life, tonight. Come check it out. And mm. then it erases in a couple hours or something like Maybe, that. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. I, I, I can't keep up. <laughs> we, we had... Lee went crazy and booked both two weeks of films and I think nine premieres. Mm-hmm. So far, I've gotten a head start on putting the flyer together for next week, and I did two of the posters. And so I've got like six or seven more posters to do all the social media stuff for. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. If social media didn't exist, I would have a lot more free time on my hands. <laughs> if we could just tell people, here you go, come see the movie, but we've got to put it on Facebook, put it on Twitter, put it on the website. Damn technology. Stupid technology. Okay, uh, I guess that about wraps us up for this week. Do go visit our friends at House of Targ, even though they stood us up today. We'll have them on probably on next week. We might do mm-hmm. a recording next week with them. Go check out Audible. Go get yourself a free book. You can check out the link on our website. Check out all our social media. Go and like us on... I always try to do this, so I'm trying to be better about this. If you, if you listen to us on iTunes or SoundCloud or anywhere that yes, you could you can give us a us. thumbs up. Yeah. Give us a bunch of stars and say something nice about us, and that will help us win a Webby Award, as far as I understand. Oh, that's right. How the internet works. Yeah, coming up. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, thanks for listening, everybody, and uh, we'll see you soon. See you later. We did it. Stop. Wait, wait, let me me explain something to you. Um, I am not Mr. Lebowski. I'm the dude. You know, uh, that or uh, his dudeness or uh, Duder or, uh, you know, El Duderino, if you're not into the whole brevity thing. Are you employed, Mr. Lebowski? Employed? You like sex, Mr. Lebowski. Is this your only ID? You got the wrong guy. I'm the dude. Your name's Lebowski, Lebowski. Jeff Lebowski, the other Lebowski, the millionaire. I received this ransom note this morning. This is a bummer, man. They want you to take the money and act as courier. What do you mean, man? What the hell is this? My dirty undies, dude. The whites. Let's take that hell! Why should we settle for 20 grand when we can keep the entire million? I know you're mixed up in all this. Playing one side against the other in bed with everybody. Blow them. Huh? Fabulous stuff. What? Who's sitting on a million dollars? We want some money. Ah, Sitting in the trunk of our car. Where's my damn money? Say, dude, where is your car? Who's got your undies, Walter? This is a very complicated case, Maude. You know, a lot of ins, a lot of outs. Is this your homework, Larry? And I would like my undies back. A lot of, uh strands to keep in my head, man. Oh. Hey, careful, man. There's a beverage here, huh? I like your style, dude. I have no choice but to tell these bums to do whatever is necessary to recover their money from you. They were Nazis, dude? They were nihilists, man. They kept saying they believed in nothing. You know, uh, a deadbeat. Well, aren't you? Well, yeah. You cannot drag this negative energy into the tournament. Jeffrey. Bond? Love me. That's my robe. I'm throwing rocks tonight. It don't matter to Jesus. (laughs) 
this could be a, a, a lot more uh, 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 complex. I mean, it's not just, it might not be just such a simple, uh, you know?